0: I'm not a doctor. I don't think any doctor can fix this.
1: But I need to get him out of here. No. Those cops are here for me. I need to report this. The cops have it wrong. He is a good man. He just got used by an evil prick. This evil prick the one who put a shotgun to his head? No, that was me, and I didn't have a choice. Okay, I'm done. I did
0: have a choice, and I chose to survive. Ow. Oh. You
1: know, moving him might kill him.
0: Leaving him here will expose him.
1: Look, I know that we scare you, and you've never seen anything like us. But this is a good man. And you? I'm an asshole. But help me or get out of my way. You don't scare me. And you're not my first.
0: This is Panels to Pixels, uh, Jessica Jones Review, Episode 13. Welcome to the show. I'm Mark. I'm Steve. And uh, we're talking about Jessica Jones, season one, episode thirteen, aka Smile.
1: Aka Smile. We finally made it. We're at the last episode of the of the first season. Uh, everything finally comes to a head, sort of. And uh, it's uh, you know this that last episode ended with such a bang. Um, Well, I guess it was actually two episodes ago with the explosion and then we have a gunshot at the end of the last episode. And so this one starts with Jessica because she's just did this point blank shot to the face. Uh, or under the chin, I guess, is what we f- we find out of uh, of Luke. She's bringing him to a hospital, uh, and they can't help him. The the nurse is breaking the needles on his arm, and the doctors yelling at him. And uh, then we meet the familiar face of Claire, who is our our kind of guiding. Um, this, we, meet, we meet up with Claire, who's kind of our guiding – one of our guiding uh, characters through the Netflix Marvel uh, Marvel Universe, the NMU, so to speak. And uh, um, she's the, working in the hospital there, and she sees Luke, and she realizes what he is, and so she's trying to help. Uh, and then Kilgrave catches up to them in the hospital, and he tries to stop Jessica using his, his newly strengthened powers – um, by controlling everybody in the hospital. Um, and then later on in the episode, he gets even stronger and uh, Jessica searches for him there. She finally finds him, uh, Claire and Malcolm, they take care of Luke. And then Jessica has her final confrontation with, with Kilgrave. And uh, when we get into our top five, I've got some, some thoughts about that, but uh, um did I miss anything there? We covered pretty much got it all. I, I I didn't talk about the incident in uh, with the the couple and uh, Kilberry's father, but I think we're going to get into that in our top five.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll actually get into that top five right about now. And then there's the matter of your bill. Well,
1: why don't you go ahead and start with yours? The hospital scene
0: in the beginning with Jessica and Claire. Claire helping Jessica and Luke get out with Luke unconscious. <laughs> now it's like we all know Claire from Luke Cage and you know Daredevil and everything else but obviously if people have not watched the show they're actually seeing Claire for the first time and mm-hmm. they're they're just watching this new show but uh she kind of gives some subtle information about She's seen this before.
1: Yeah, Uh, I thought it was great that she doesn't even blink or she kind of blinks a little bit when Jessica picks Luke up and puts him in the chair. And she's just like, "Okay, you're one of those (laughs) two, you know, Uh, that was so that that scene was so and I don't know how they did it, uh, CGI or whatever, but it was pretty cool to see her. You can see her skinny little arms underneath his gigantic body and she's lifting him up and putting him in the wheelchair i thought that was a that was a great little scene they're pushing him out and i missed the the first time i actually watched uh, that the, the episode. Um, I missed when Jessica gives her gives Claire the card that has her apartment on it. Because she tells Claire that, oh, I live close so we can take him to my place. Because Claire says, No, we're not taking him to my place. And she's like, well I live close. And then as soon as she gets the call from Kilgraver, the, the the nurse at the uh, at the station starts yelling at her she realizes that it's Kilgrave on the phone. And so she gives Claire the card and tells her, get him out of here. And so then Claire leaves with Luke because uh, she realizes that Kilgrave, uh, and this kind of goes right into my number five, which was that hosp- the, the part of the hospital scene after that, when Luke and Claire leave that, that that was tense, man, when she's uh, he's over the loudspeaker and he's got control of the TVs and he's showing everybody her picture and, And he's controlling them through the PA system. The woman with the the bad hip is trying to get out of bed to attack Jessica. Uh, And Jessica's doing her best to not hurt people, you know, because she knows these are just all innocent people that are being controlled. But that was it was tense, man.
0: Yeah, that was really intense. Uh, It was like trying to manipulate throughout the whole hospital and everything yeah. trying to get away from everybody.
1: Yeah. And then, and she just kind of finally just is able to push her way through and, and get out, which I thought was, was kind of interesting. Cause again, now all those people are, um, are they still, is it still in their heads to go after her or is it, you know, once he left the hospital, did it kind of break? But, uh, um, I know we, we talked a little bit before we started, uh, started this about the whole phone thing and I'm still confused about what she did. Cause I mean, I know like in certain businesses you can forward a phone to your cell phone, but I've never seen somebody be able to do it when it's not in the same network. Like in where I work, I can transfer a call from one, uh, f- from one phone to another, but I can't transfer a call to a cell phone without, Without some sort of manipulation going on there. And so that, that whole thing was, it kind of took me out of it a little bit, um, especially when they showed us the phone cord kind of wrapped around the door, keeping the door open. I, I just didn't understand what was going on there. It, I mean, maybe we just need to suspend our disbelief on it, but it was just, it, it kind of took me out of the moment.
0: Uh, yeah, well, it, it could have been, I, I didn't really get a good look at the phone. But mm-hmm. there you know, there's that old back in the day where in movies where they would switch phones, it was two phones, mm-hmm. They would switch the uh the talking receiver into the uh the the receiving or mm-hmm. hearing one and then the other one and vice versa, and they would tape it together so that way they could actually forward it to something else and yeah. the phone. So I, I was thinking that way. But I, I really did not look at it again, but that was my feeling is that maybe she had like a phone and she just pushed it there. And then that way it mm-hmm. jacked up the, uh, the, the, the volume.
1: Yeah, yeah. The volume. I, yeah. Like I said, just, just for me, that was one of that was one moment that, and there's not a lot of them in these, in these shows, but there's some, some certain moments that kind of take me out of it for a minute. And I go, okay, I, I buy that. She's now on her cell phone and, and she's looking for him around the hospital, it just it just took me out of it for a, a few minutes especially the second time watching it going what what has she done yeah um
0: yeah it was a little bit odd
1: yeah um and you had something there in your number 4 that i that i didn't bring up that uh, is pretty interesting
0: yeah my number 4 would be jessica call, uh getting the call from kilgrave showing that he expanded his reach more over the phone with the receptionist uh he was watching the monitors while talking to jessica uh, the clever work of using her cell phone to try to locate him in the hospital, then him using his ability to have the, the guards go after her shooting in the hospital, claiming that, you know, Jessica is patient zero of a virus that's <laughs> going ongoing in the hospital, making people stalk her and attack her.
1: And yeah, that's pretty crazy that that whole his at first when I thought I thought he was trying to I, I, I wasn't even sure what he was trying to get at with that whole she's patient zero of a virus that's spreading throughout the hospital and you people need to kill her before she gets out. And I'm like, this, is this going to work? Are people going to start to logically put? I guess not. I guess his power is it's just so powerful that people don't put logic to what he's saying. You know, well, they're,
0: uh, they're just they're just victims of his suggestion. Yeah. So yeah. and I guess it goes to the deep core of their mind saying, oh, OK, we have to stop this and they have to do whatever they can to stop this person because they're she's going to infect us in some way, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah and, and I, I'm looking at our notes here and and I I really like that scene and you've got some of it as well that uh, it, it's kind of my number 4 kind of your number 3 that whole scene between Jessica and Luke when he's unconscious and she kind of lays down next to him and she's uh, moving kind of moving her hair out of the way and and laying on his chest and talking to him and it just it's a really sweet moment in the middle of all this this carnage and this yeah. death that's going on um and uh and and a lot of that scene was just played really well
0: yeah that you know like i said that uh i'll say it you know it, it was very sweet and very honest of her and mm-hmm. it's something that she had never done with luke if you ever watched all the previous episodes you know, right. She wasn't very, very honest, but he has to be unconscious at this point. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, I, you know, I found myself getting caught up in the story. Like I'm picturing them at a bowling alley, having, you know, having an actual date at a, at like a bowling alley. And I was actually picturing that in my head as she was, she was talking to him. And I thought, man, that's, that's really, that's powerful of the writers. That's powerful of the actress to be able to put that image kind of out there for us you know and i, I really liked uh, how she how she played that and of course then at the, at the the end of it you've got it uh she's like yeah you're the first person that i wanted to be with and <laughs> yeah, yeah. shot in the head yeah, my, so <laughs> yeah my
0: number three everybody was uh just talking to luke while he was unconscious saying that he was the first person in a long time that she thought she could be with and along with the first person she ever shot in the head.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, and and not to get too spoilery, but I it's it's I watched a little bit of the first episode of Luke Cage, and they talk quite a bit about that uh, about the the shotgun to the head kind of thing. And so it was interesting that they did that callback. Um, my uh, my number three is uh, that that moment when when Claire's in, in uh, Jessica's apartment and she's talking on the phone, and she's trying to get her the hospital to let her take a sick day or whatever. And Malcolm sees her through the window and then they start to talk to each other. And They have this whole conversation about how uh, he wants to be a social worker and how they're not special, but they keep getting caught up into special into with these special people.
0: Yeah, special abilities, and yeah. everybody knows who they are.
1: Yeah, and I, I it really was a, an interesting conversation between the two of them. And there, there's that moment when uh, Malcolm says something about "Are you, are you like a sidekick?" and and she's like, "No, I'm nobody's sidekick." <laughs> um, so I thought that was that was kind of a cool little moment. And uh, uh, you know, it's 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 cool because then when you when you fast forward to the end of the episode, when we get to see Malcolm is there. With Jessica, uh, he starts fielding the calls, so he's kind of starting to to get into involved in that way. To yeah. where he's like, "Well, I want to help people. I am helping people." And Claire's like, "Yeah, I'm. I want to do this. I want to do that." And uh, it, it was it was really good. Again, another one of those just a, a testament to the to the writers and to the actors that you have these two normal, basically normal people who are caught up in this extraordinary circumstance. And uh, I love how, uh, how Malcolm used the same term that, uh, that Jessica used when she, when he talked about Kilgrave, he said, Oh yeah, evil prick. Um, so I thought that was, that was kind of cool that Claire kind of got that confirmation that if she was, even if she was questioning in her mind, uh, Jessica's, uh, what Jessica's description of his powers were now she's got someone else who's a normal person who's kind of, um, you know, confirming that. In fact, I have uh, down where we had the quotes, I had the uh uh the quote when well, it's when Jessica is actually talking to to Claire so we'll get to that yeah. uh but there's a it's just a really good again it's a testament to the writers and the actors that they're able to portray these these people in these ordinary people in these extraordinary uh circumstances yeah uh
0: that will lead me to my number two mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was Kilgrave's wasteland of bodies, where he was manipulating his father to enhance his abilities. Uh, the father with no arms, uh, and the guy uh, stuffing the arms in the blender. Oh, uh, and yeah, so disturbing. Especially the photos, and and Albert waking up in the middle of it. And it's like, and he's saying to her, saying that he's stronger and that he would make Jessica kill
1: yeah that's another one of those moments that that the first time I was caught up in the story and and I, and I, and I bought it, you know in fact, the first time I watched it, I think I kind of skipped over it in my head that that part because it was just so unbelievable that he would still have the, the presence of mind and the ability to even articulate at that point. Yeah. You know, we, and we don't know how long it's been, but it's been at least a, a, a few minutes that he's had his arms cut off and, uh, not, you know, they're, they're, they, they, sh- they, blood should be spurting. You would think, mm. and this guy's shoving his arm into the, the, the garbage disposal, the, bl- whatever, and, uh, uh, he suddenly is able to wake up and sit and have a conversation, not just like a last words kind of thing, but it's almost like a conversation with, with Jessica that I'm like, so the second time watching it, that kind of took me out of it. But then there's that poignant moment, you know, where she pulls the, the, the photograph out of his pocket and she sees him and him and him and his wife and a young Kilgrave, you know, as, as children uh, with their child. And she, she kind of gets that realization that there wasn't a, a time when this was a family, when this was a real family unit and, uh, that just got, got destroyed. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, again, that was another one of those intense kind of things. And, and, uh, I like how at the end she circles back to that and tells Jerry to, to go take care of that guy. Cause he's going to be accused of, 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 murder, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. and, that kind of brings me to my number two, which I think is kind of your number one, uh, <laughs> as well, which, uh, which for me, and I'm interested to see what your thoughts are on this. Cause for me, the actual death of Kilgrave was a little, it was a little bit quick and it was a little, little anticlimactic. She just kind of screws his, just breaks his neck, drops yeah. his body on the ground. It's kind of like, but I guess there was a lot in that scene though, that, uh, that, that, Led to that moment of of what she did.
0: Yeah, there was a lot going on. Definitely, you know, I, I I'll bring it up if you want. Yeah,
1: yeah, go ahead. Because you had a whole lot more there in your number one than I did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so or, yeah, I guess we're at you know Kilgrave's death. uh The way he set up the ambush, but Jessica along with her sister were able to stop him using the people to kill themselves as a distraction. Did nothing. You know, he he thought, oh. All just kill yourself <clears throat> and his uh, little accent. And uh, but knowing that once she said, I love you to her sister, the spell was broken, kind of like has him in his grasp and, and looks at her with a tear in her eye and says, you know, I love you. It breaks that spell kind of like what happened to Jessica, I guess, where she just kind of broke away from it and he didn't have control over her because something in her mind triggered so something triggered and that was a trigger word for her sister So, mm-hmm. and, and she was you know snapped out of it and, and the spell was broken and she winds up being able to just pick Kilgrave up and snap his neck easily yeah. because he doesn't have a hold on her because Trish isn't there. She's, she's not in his control anymore. And that was the person that she cared
1: about. That's good. I I didn't I didn't catch that, but I think you're right. I think it did, uh, you know, because there's a callback there to earlier in the episode when when Jessica leaves Trish at the car and is going uh, is going into the the building when she's going to to, when she ends up finding Kilgrave's father. And uh, Trish says, well, how am I going to know when you come out if you're if you're you or if you're being controlled? And she she said, we need to have a we need to have a code word like pickles or sardines or something. And Jessica says something I would never say like I love you. And then when she sends the text to Trish, she sends pickles, sardines, I love you, telling Trish that I'm not under his control. And so there at the end, I didn't catch that, but now that now that you've got me thinking about it, there is that moment when she looks at Trish when when Kilgrave says, "Tell me that you love me uh, or that you're going to love me something like that. and Tr- and Jessica looks past him to Trish and says, I love you. And then Trish starts walking toward her. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think that the, the, the Kilgrave spell was broken at that point on Trish and Jessica knew, recognize that. So she knew I'm okay to go ahead and, and kill him now. And so that's, she picks him up and And it was interesting too, because she really makes a point to keep his mouth shut the way she puts her hands on his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not going to let him have any chance to say something more to those people just before he dies or anything. And then she, of course, twists his, his neck and, and, and kills him. Yeah, um,
0: yeah what, if you think about it, but this was Jessica's way of doing what Kilgrave has done to others with his powers mm-hmm. and her uh, to manipulate. So she sure. manipulated Kilgrave in some way. But he, he did not know what she was under. Uh, that she wasn't under his spell
1: and well, well thought- no. What he had he had thought he thought he knew that she wasn't under his power, but he realized that if I have control of Trish, then by by remote kind of I have control of you, Jessica. Because you're not going to do anything as long as because remember the the last thing he tells the the second the last thing he tells Trish before he has her kiss him is she says if we ever see you again she's going to slit her throat. Yeah. You know, and so Jessica now knows, and that's when he sees that the, the Jessica's uh, uh, face change, and he realizes, oh, I've got you now. My power can't get you, but I can get you through Ooh, Trish.
0: Else. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can get you through this person. There was nobody else on the face of this earth that I could get to you through. Not even Luke. You know, she didn't even care. I mean, she cared about Luke, I'm sure, but he, but you know, he saw that with Trish, he could control jessica because of because of that because of of him you know uh having control over trish and so when when jessica and i think like i said i totally think you're right that that was broken on trish and jessica realizes that and she realizes that she's okay to kill him now and so he says, smile, and she smiles, not because she's under his control, because she knows I'm about to kill you. That's that's what I think, yeah. I think anyway, is, is that's what was going on there, is that she realizes as soon as he figures out, and I don't know if he kind of turned and heard Trish walking towards them or what, but you could tell he figures it out as soon as she grabs a hold of his face. And starts to lift him up. He realizes that he's in trouble. And she, so, so yeah, I, I really love that scene, and that leads right into my uh, my number one, which is is Jessica calling. You know, she calls Jerry first and tells her about the guy uh, in the apartment, the guy who has killed Kilgrave's father, who killed um, Albert. And she says, "You're going to do this. You're going to go to that apartment. You're going to fight. You're not going to give in to your partners. You're not going to let them." Um, you know bounce you out or whatever force you out as Jerry was saying you know because this truth about her manipulating this jury has now come out mm-hmm. apparently and she and Jessica's like no you're going to fight because that's what you do and then Jessica says this doesn't make us even but doing something good helps with the guilt or something to that effect uh Jessica says to her you know she's just doing something good helps with the guilt and so at the end there my number one is jerry and her her lawyer kind of lawyer speak there in the cops interrogation room where the cops are going to charge jessica with murder and jerry's like no you're not because he maybe he compelled her to break his neck and you can see that jessica wants to protest but i'm sure off you know off screen she's jerry has told her you need to keep your mouth shut don't say anything no matter what i say you just sit there you just just don't say anything let me do all the talking and because you can see jessica wants to protest <laughs> when when she says she was um, when jerry says well maybe she was compelled to do it and then the the cops are like no we, that didn't happen we have witnesses and she's like no none of those people were drunk um i've got whatever it was a dozen cops that shot at an unarmed female in the train in the the station you know in the the pert the port station there and they're all going to testify that they were compelled by by this guy to do this that all those people are going to be testified that they were compelled and that's when when she you you see that Jessica kind of goes back down into herself when Jerry mentions that if i'd had these kind of witnesses for so the the Slotman girl, mm-hmm. I could have gotten her out of it as well, but I didn't have those witnesses, but I have the witnesses for you. And so we have this now, we have this compelling argument that we're going to go – we can go in front of a jury and convince a jury that this, that this is what happened. And so I really like that whole thing of, of it's not a redemption for Jerry – but it's definitely a showing that we're going to keep seeing her moving forward, and, and I hope when we get to season two that we see more of of Jerry in in season two. But that's that was really my my number one was that kind of end cap uh, sequence that they gave us in the in the police station there. Uh, I would love
0: to see the history of Jerry and Jessica at this point. How did yeah. they come together? Where did they uh, meet? How did Jerry come to represent her in some way? And what does Jessica owe her? Uh, yeah, we, we never got that story. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping in season two they do something. But I've already seen season two, but I'm not going <laughs> to no go spoilers. It. Yeah. No, I'm not going <laughs> to give <laughs> any spoilers, but I, I, there's still a bit of a mystery. Honestly. Yeah. And well, I, and obviously I like the we... idea that they could drag it on.
1: Yeah. Obviously we know, we already know there's more going on with Jerry than just with Jessica because she had the contacts for that, uh, for that lab. She had all that, that stuff for the genetic manipulation. So there's more going on with Jerry than just what we've seen, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward, um, what happens with her. Uh, and I see you've got, you've got quite a few quotes here that we'll talk about. I've only got a couple, um, I, I like that uh, when they were in the hospital, and and the doctor realized that oh he's one of those, and she's like I got to get a consult, and she leaves, and so suddenly they they leave Luke alone with Jessica, so that she was able to have that moment between her and Claire, and then um, when she's you know I, I alluded to it earlier when Jessica is telling Claire about Luke's powers and about Kilgrave, Claire's like I don't I can't believe in mind control. And, and Jessica says, well, that's fine by me. If unbreakable skin is where you draw the line, then fine. (laughs) You know, like, like how would there, why would there not be mind control? Why would somebody not be able to fly? Why would we seen, and it's been alluded to, and, and we've talked a little bit about it before a a couple of these episodes. And in the other uh, Netflix shows, they've kind of alluded to the Avengers and the, the uh, circumstances, the events that happened in those movies as well. And so suddenly, you know, we have this world where you have superpowered people. You know.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, there, there's so much going on too, and especially with the change and everything that's going on with Marvel.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, uh, but go ahead, bring everything in.
0: Yeah, well, I like you said, I have a few. Claire saying, "You don't scare me." And you're not my first about Jessica and Luke being, <laughs> you know, extraordinary.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then Claire yelling at Jessica while they're, uh, I believe they're in the elevator, saying guilt makes people do stupid shit. I'm not guilty.
1: Yeah, I love I love that. Um, Oh, no, go ahead. Because you had that quote there. Yeah.
0: And then uh, Jessica says, it's not my fault. After she says, I'm not guilty. And then Claire's like, see, I hate that. I want everything to be my fault, good or bad. It means I have some control. Jessica, you don't care. (laughs) Claire, you know, stating, obviously, it keeps me dreaming. I could change things for people. Case in point. And she just waves towards Luke and Jessica (laughs) going, you're in total control. You're responsible for all all of this, and I blame you. And Claire is like, don't push it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love, I love that. I almost actually put those those quotes in my quotes as well. Uh, I just didn't didn't think about it. But that, I love, yeah, I love that whole scene between them and uh, uh, that whole thing of "I blame you." Fine, you're in control. So you know, I was like, Jessica's like, "Well, finally, somebody else take take the blame for a minute." So uh,
0: the other one I have is uh, Jessica when they're in the apartment with Luke, and uh, after Claire is taken care of. You know, Luke and everything through his ocular nerve and everything Oof. else. Oof, that
1: was yeah. hard. Yeah, that that whole that whole can you do that? Can you know where she says, can you hold his head? And she's like, can you? Can you, she says like, well, why do I need to hold his head? And she's like, well, because I have to go through the ocular nerve. And uh, she's like, can you do that? And then uh, Jessica's like, can you do that? And she's like, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> yeah, and after that whole aftermath, Jessica goes, uh, you want a drink? I need a drink. And Claire's like, it's five in the morning.
1: My kind of woman, my kind of woman right
0: there. (laughs) Uh, And then Claire, uh, another one from Claire saying, why would anyone call themselves co-grave? Why not snuff carcass? (laughs) Now that was a classic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, A couple other just quick things. Um, I love that that whole. I, we already talked a little bit about that Jessica when she called Jerry, um, and then Trish. You know, before the end of the episode, Trish gets all those boxes from her mom uh, with the little note saying, "These are all the files I have, and there's more." Uh, where this came from, or or something like that, in the note. So obviously, so Trish is still trying to to research what happened to Jessica, what's going on with Simpson, what's you know what what does this genetic manipulation have to do with everything else and then uh, i didn't put in my notes but i thought it was really cool at the end there you know when we see when it's we don't know it's trish we just see this person in the hoodie that looks like jessica walking through the the port uh the port station there and we can hear the music and we don't realize until she takes her hoodie off that she's wearing those noise canceling headphones so 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 she can't hear Kilgrave's words and then of course uh jessica pulls the fire alarm or whatever alarm it was that went off and all the cops start shooting and uh and they make it a point to show us that they keep every once in a while showing trish with those headphones on and then it's it's during if you notice it's it's during the little fight on the dock when she jumps in and tries to stop the people from killing Uh, each other that her headphones get knocked off her head. And that then Kilgrave is able to control her. So I thought that was an interesting little, little thing. We hadn't seen that in any of the previous episodes of somebody trying that something to block out Kilgrave's words, his power, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was really cool. But for the fact that Jessica throughout the whole season, she has not really been in his control regardless and right. even at the end she didn't even need those headphones
1: right well you know it wasn't it was trish well no i think trish was but
0: Oh, trish was trish trish was the Jessica, headphones yeah
1: though. yeah trish was the one with the headphones on on her head and that's that's what i was talking about was was when she jumps in there to try to pull the people off each other that yeah. you see they show that. but yeah it, it was just really cool that that even even at the end there and you, you kind of mentioned this um When Kilgrave talks about how his powers have been expanded and they're stronger and uh, he says to Jessica, you know, walk toward me and she starts walking toward him and he's like, I know, I know you're faking it. And, you know, he says smile and she does that fake smile and he's like, yeah, I know, I know you're faking it. You can't, you can't fool me. I know. And it it makes an interesting point that, well, obviously we'll never find out, is whether Kilgrave could tell, and I guess I guess it would just be since Jessica was the only person who couldn't who didn't uh, react to his power. Um, it, it wasn't a bad bluff, even if he was didn't know for sure that he wasn't controlling her. It wasn't a bad bluff to say, "Look, I know you're faking it." And then she finally had to stop and go, "Yeah, I'm faking it." Yeah,
0: but, um, so. but yeah, which shows us that she really didn't need the noise canceling headphones and blaring that music when he had all those guys coming after her in that area.
1: Right. You know, she didn't right.
0: really need that, so right. it was her trying to bluff everything all the way through.
1: Right. Well, no, it wasn't. She never had the headphones on. She Trish did. was always the no, no. No, Jessica no. never had. Yes, Jessica she never did. had. Okay, I have to go rewatch it. You, you got to rewatch it, dude. I don't uh, think so. I think it was just Trish was the only one that had the headphones on. No, no, because no, they were blue. No, Jessica had the head.
0: headphones when uh, okay. she went to confront right. him, and you hear all the music.
1: Okay, I maybe I am just I'm and she just... had
0: her hoodie on.
1: Yeah, you know, that was Trish. That was Trish dressed up like, like Jessica. Remember sure. when when she's when when she's down there, she's walking on, and all the cops are following her, and she takes the hoodie off, and we see the blonde hair, and we see the the headphones, and it's Trish, and then they the the camera pans up, and you see Jessica on that oh, okay. like balcony up there, and she trips the fire alarm. And then she jumps down, and I, I did the comment to myself. I said, she's going to do the, the superhero land, <laughs> and she does the superhero land right there in front of in front of Kilgrave. And then he says, shoot her, and he points it. Or when she's up, actually, okay. he tells the cops to point to shoot her. And so, uh, so yes, yeah, so I don't think I, – I think Jessica never really – the headphones were just for Trish. Yeah, I, th- I yeah. think so. I, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you're but, right. I, I... –
0: I only got to watch this one time. <laughs> right and after right, I yeah. watched it the the first time, the I, a couple of years ago. So yeah,
1: yeah. no worries, no worries. But I'm I'm gonna be interested to see once when we get to season two. I I want to kind of see if you know we're if we're gonna see how much more of Malcolm we're gonna see. I'm sure we are gonna see more of Malcolm. Uh, I I don't know if we're gonna see more of Robin or not. Maybe kind of her story is kind of done. Um, we're hopefully we'll see more of Jerry. Um. You know, hopefully, we'll see more of this investigation into Jessica's past with these with these files and these boxes. I, I hope that's not something you just kind of drop because yeah, they, they made can't. a big they made a big deal out of that guy delivering them to Trish. I mean, because it's a throwaway scene, really. If you're not going to do anything with it in the next season, there's really no reason to have that scene in in the episode, in, in my opinion. Yeah, you know. And because they made a big deal out of showing to us of showing us the note that there was more files even than what she had there, so so yeah, I hope that's something that we get more of in the next uh, the next season for sure. Anything else? Uh, the only thing would be
0: Claire taking care of Lucas yeah, like she did with Matt Murdock. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah obviously, was, like, she's been around other people, so it was a callback to that because that was the first time we actually saw Claire. Yeah, she was she was brought into this universe because of Matt Murdoch. Right. Uh, she cares for these people and, you know, she's willing to help in any way and willing to do try anything to say them. And yeah, I really like different.
1: Exactly. I, I really liked it. it was kind of a funny, funny line, but at the same time, it was kind of poignant in the fact that when she says not to, that we're not taking me to my apartment, I've been there, done that, lost my lease. You know, uh, and so apparently she didn't she wasn't able to go back to that apartment after uh, some of the things that happened with with Daredevil. So, uh, yeah, and I had, I had to go back and watch it again to, to see. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see uh, more of Rosario Dawson and see that character. I, I really like this this idea. And we don't we get some of it in the comic books, but we don't get a lot of it in the comic books of the ordinary person who's wrapped up with these extraordinary characters, you know, unless they're the man in the chair, like with, with micro, but even the man in the chair, even if he doesn't have powers, he still has something going. He's not just a normal person who's just been swept up into this, this world, you know, and we don't, we don't get to see a lot of that. We don't get, we see, we get, we see Aunt May briefly uh, in Spider-Man stuff. We see, um, you know, uh, Pepper Potts every once in a while, but even Pepper Potts has her own, her own things going on. So we don't, we just don't get a lot of these common people swept up into, and I, I'd like to see more of, of that, of more people that we can relate to, I yeah. guess. is a
0: Yeah. Uh, regular, normal people mixed <laughs> in with what's going on in these events. Uh, yeah. Definitely pepper pots and definitely micro and everybody else. Uh, even Claire, you know, she, mm-hmm. she's, now, not right now she's spanned over like geez. Jessica Jones Matt Murdock
1: Luke Cage <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs>
0: does obsessed. she
1: show up in Defenders I haven't watched Defenders but
0: yeah uh, yeah she's there too and she helps out she's yeah. a, a prominent character in the Netflix yeah. series
1: I think Punisher is the only one that she hasn't actually crossed over into yet and I think that's just because of scheduling reasons I don't <laughs> think it's I don't think it's necessarily because of any kind of writing kind of thing
0: yeah, but you know, regardless, she's there and she knows of everything that's going on, yeah. and and this is its own universe if you think about it in comparison to the regular MCU. So right. the the regular MCU hasn't even really acknowledged any of these Netflix shows.
1: No, and that's that's why I was a little disappointed, and I didn't know if maybe it was copyright questions. And we kind of had this conversation a few episodes ago when um uh when Luke Cage was talking about the star-spangled guy and the big green guy, like they wouldn't actually say captain America or Hulk, you know, they didn't actually say those names. They, they had to say some sort of euphemism for who they, who they were. And I didn't know if that was a, uh, like I said, I didn't know if that was just a, a coincidence or if that was, uh, a, a, you know a writing choice that they had made or 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 what but it, it did it did stand out to me anyway that they wouldn't actually come out and say Captain America yeah. or Hulk. Iron C- Man or Hulk yeah. or anything Iron yeah Iron Man yeah yeah so um interesting stuff
0: I would love to see that all integrated at at some mm-hmm. point you know they should really integrate these characters into the regular MCU not yeah. even for like a full movie they could just do a cameo mm-hmm. and yeah. that would yeah. be perfect for me i would love it because yeah you know back in the day we had captain america on tv mm-hmm. uh, we had the hulk we had daredevil in the hulk and we had thor in the hulk so right it, it should be and i'm i'm, yeah. I'm hoping that uh slash marvel will actually change all this and you know, we we get what we want, which Mm -hmm. is a whole universe. Uh, There's still talks about, you know, getting the X-Men in and everything else in a regular MCU. You know, those are great characters, but to expand on it, you already have a plethora of characters Mm -hmm. already in the Netflix series that could merge over. They don't have to be there predominantly. They could just be there, hey, we're in this area, oh, okay, hi, and then
1: yeah well it's it's one of those things that we used to we used to talk about this i remember years and years ago when we talked it it was dc more than anything else that we used to we used to comment about the fact that if you have superman why do you need all why do you need all these other uh superheroes you know and so they had to bring in bigger and badder villains and stuff and and so in, in some ways i wonder if if I, you know, I don't want them to bring. I would rather go the way that you said. Have have these characters show up in cameos in the cinematic universe. I don't need to see the cinematic heroes coming into this universe because these feel like so much smaller scale stories and smaller scale characters mm-hmm. that I don't. I don't need Captain America to come in and fight Punisher. I don't need. Uh, yeah, maybe Spider-Man would be cool cuz he's kind of a, a of a lo- more local. He does more local kind of things, but um you know, more it seems like the Avengers, the X-Men, they're involved in these global world things whereas the shows that we have here on Netflix are more about like you know, like this was, like this was a Kilgrave's fight with Jessica. His his struggle with her was Whoa. primarily the 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 main thing of the thing. He wasn't trying to control the entire world or the entire city. He was just trying to control Jessica. You know, with with Punisher, we had him doing his thing. You know, yeah. um, and and so I'm interested to see Luke Cage. Um, what what his small story is going to be? I want to see these small stories on the small screen. I don't need to see a big, worldwide uh, kind of thing. At least for me.
0: Well, I, I'm also curious about the whole snap thing. Yeah, with Infinity War. Oh yeah,
1: how, yeah, yeah. How yeah. would that yeah.
0: affect the Netflix series?
1: Yeah, exactly. Are they gonna Are they gonna you know, because we know that the next movie is is Ant Man and Wasp, and that's on. I'm going to go see that tomorrow, actually. Um, so that's the next movie that's coming out, but it takes place, uh, I'm assuming anyway, it takes place before yeah. the end of Infinity War. You know, maybe it, it it's happening at the same time or or no, no, what no, they, or
0: they clearly state that it happens before
1: Infinity right. War. Right, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. And this isn't a spoiler because I haven't seen the movie yet. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the end of Ant Man and Wasp has people, you know, going into dust at the end of Ant Man and Wasp.
0: Meaning that it happens right before that. Right,
1: goal. right before or during, like I said, in the same kind of time frame, kind of thing, you know. And then we know. I think the the next movie is the Captain Marvel movie. Is Which, that the?
0: Yeah, that's in twenty nineteen.
1: Right, and that's and that's going to be
0: for Infinity War two.
1: Right, right, and so the the Captain Marvel and the Captain Marvel one, from what I understand, is going to go back to like the 90s or the 80s and 90s. Basically, basically going to set up the the character of Captain Marvel exactly. for for Infinity War Part Two, and then we're going to see her come into Infinity War Part Two and hopefully save the day. I don't know. I'm again, I'm. I'm reaching, but Infinity War is Infinity War. Is it slated for 2019? Also,
0: I think so. Okay. And, uh, it's supposed to be after
1: mm-hmm. uh, Captain Captain Marvel. Marvel, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. There's a lot of a lot of cool stuff happening with uh, with the Marvel and with movies. And uh, I just went and saw uh, Tag the other day, and it's it's really good. It's really funny. Um,
0: but yeah, well, you know, for all we know, they could have Deadpool. <laughs> <a D&D>. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Now that'd be it'd be interesting because he's one again. He's another one of those ones that's had had bigger bigger actions and bigger events happening, but we haven't really. You know, they they had that quick. They had a quick couple quick clips of some of the X Men not actually in deadpool 2 but clips from x-men movies in deadpool 2 you know (laughs) so uh which was kind of kind of cool but uh um that's all we've got everything that's everything for jessica jones right
0: that's pretty much what it is uh uh there there's a lot of talk going on in comics uh uh you got one
1: I do, and I saw this article, and I'd be excited to, to see this I, I love the Moon Knight character, and uh, it probably will never happen. It's probably just one of those dream things. But uh, Ross Marquand was was quoted as saying that he would love to play the the Mark Specter character in, in Moon Knight in in some sort of fashion, whether it be big screen, little screen, uh, whatever. And I think I think that would be a cool um character to see developed because I loved. The, the Moon Knight character in the '80s, I think, the '80s w- when it didn't really touch on the mental illness part of it so much. I mean, there was a little bit of it that I remember, um, but they really wasn't until the 2000s they they really made that character a, a splintered psyche kind of character. And I think we haven't seen that done too well in uh, in movies yet. So I'll be I'll be interested to see if that project can ever ever come to come to be and um so yeah moon knight moon knight is is a character that i really liked in the 80s and i've got the the collected editions of the the uh the latest uh, some of the latest stuff that came out so we'll see where they go from there
0: yeah uh the only thing i have is uh jared leto was uh looked at for morbius the living vampire
1: right right
0: yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I I like Jared Leto. Wasn't mm-hmm. a great Joker to me. <laughs> I wasn't a
1: fan of that Joker, but there's a lot of things with that DC universe that's <laughs> yeah.
0: They, they they need to learn a lot. Uh, I, I love DC. Uh, the the DC stuff that comes out, and Ben and I always talk about it. And I I liked uh, what was it? Uh, Batman uh, Ninja or. Uh, it was in Japan. The Lego?
1: The Lego Batman? Oh, no, no. No, no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I know no, what you're talking no, about. No, I've no. seen it, yeah. I've seen the, the, the Ninja Batman or, or Batman Ninja. I, I saw it in Best Buy, I think, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago or something. I think I saw the, yeah, the discs or something. It.
0: I wanted up buying it on on uh, Steelbook because I really enjoyed it because it was classical Japanime. Right. Uh,
1: and it right. had
0: hold that it had that whole thing of, uh, wow, like, Old big robots and everything mm. else in this little story, and it made sense in some way. It was kind of like you know, if if you look at it from American style, it's like oh, this is kind of goofy. But right to me, I enjoyed it just because it had the story had a lot involved with it. So I enjoyed it as it was, and I liked the uh, the animation in it. Very Especially, cool, yeah. You know, with all the Batman stuff, now mind you. I I'm predominantly Marvel but I do like watching, you know, The Flash and Batman and all that stuff. And right. uh Ben Beck does his own thing with um the DC universe when it comes to uh uh you know <laughs> yeah His yeah podcast you know right i, I love yeah. that
1: you know yeah I mean, and i just I love I, listening
0: to ben too
1: <laughs> yeah i just finished listening to uh to him and, and Kristen do their latest lost revisited podcast that was really good that covered white rabbit and house of the rising sun uh really really two good episodes and i look forward to the next one should be in a couple of weeks i think so i've gotta <laughs> gotta watch those and try to send them some feedback uh in there but they're doing a great that's a great podcast if anybody loves lost um jump on that on the rewatch uh, that they're doing
0: yeah jump on that stuff everybody uh, listen to the lost podcast that's a uh next level podcast slash podcastica uh mm-hmm. compilation
1: yeah uh, joint venture it's,
0: uh, it's a joint venture just like steve stated and uh you know listen to it if you're a lost fan
1: uh, if you want to submit your theories and feedback you can go to our Facebook page which is www.facebook.com slash panels 2 pixels and that's to spelled out panels to pixels and I noticed we we had quite a few more likes this this week we've got uh, uh, about 20 somewhere 20 24 followers so I think we're awesome. uh, we're, we're getting we're getting better uh, and uh, you can email us at panels to pixels again Two is spelled out, T-O-1, the number one, at gmail.com. Where else can listeners hear us, Mark?
0: Well, uh, I'm I'm a co-host for uh, The Walking Dead Talk-Through with Brian Malosh on Golden Spiral Media. So you might be hearing me more on... The, uh, the Walking Dead talk through for Fear of the Walking Dead uh, come August when we pick up again.
1: And you can hear me right here, of course. And uh, I do submit uh, quite a bit of audio feedback to various other podcasts. Uh, and I'm looking forward. I like to talk about any kind of good TV shows or, or movies. So
0: Yeah. So, er- everybody out there, if anybody wants Steve, take him on. Come on, man. Spread the wealth. <laughs> Spread Thank the you. love, man. You know, it's like, oh, I-, I-, I love Steve. He works well, he does great, he has great opinions, and he loves to research this stuff. So, you know, pick Aww. him up if you need to, and uh, that that's including uh, anybody out there for, you know, Strange Indeed, uh, some of the, you know, you know, the Next Level Podcast Network. Come on, come on, spread <laughs> love.
1: <laughs> Sounds um, good. <laughs>
0: So uh with that, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Mark.
1: And I'm Steve.
0: And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night everybody.
1: <laughs> Good night.